Welcome to the PKF Camps podcast. We're excited to share this message with you from Surf City 2018. Who went, uh, like, what are some of the morning activities? Who went on a boat ride today? That boat ride's sweet, right? Yeah, if you don't sign up for it, I recommend you do. Hey, if you don't sign up for archery, Tell your leaders to sign up for archery. STP, what'd you think of archery? Yeah, that's, that's our main girl, Julia, back there. Julia, give a wave. She's like, she's like Legolas back there, like just teaching all the, the little ninos how to, how to shoot. And uh, yeah, archery was, was a blast. So you don't get to do that, you're missing out. We had a lot of fun. Um, Let's check in with our main man. Where's Chef? Chef, come on up. Yes. Chef, come on. Chef, 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 chef. Come on in. We're just here for our nightly chef report. Chef, what you cooking up? How them shorties? Good. Did you spot a, oh, they're pointing at Emma. Did you spot a little shorty named Emma? I'll tell you what, tomorrow, Chef promised me that he was gonna write a love letter to all the shorties. And, uh, and, and there's too many to count, I know. It's gonna be a lot like, you know, long, like it's gonna be an iambic pentameter, I heard, and it's gonna be, no, you can write it in, you can write it in freestyle, whatever you want to write it, but I, I heard, that's what you told me, right? You look so upset right now. Why are you tired? He says he's getting old. Listen, man, you ain't tired. I saw you out there. All right? You're barely hustling. Lenny, put this boy to work, all right? Get out of here, chef. You're the man. Give it up for chef. Chef, we're gonna find you a shorty, don't you worry. Don't you worry. Oh. <laughs> so real quick, I, uh, I, I feel like I, I say this every single year, but those of you who have been here a lot, like you honestly, you probably agree with me, like how sick has the band's been every year at Lauraville and Surf City, right? Listen, this band is setting a bar, right? They are crushing it, aren't they? So, so give it up for Matt and Matt. There's two Matts, right? Give it up for Aaron. Your girl, Kelly. Yo, and give it up for my boy, Ian, who's straight up crushed. Dude, that cover of What Is Love might have been my favorite thing that's ever happened here. That was incredible, that was so cool. But uh, that's a good transition, moving into what we're talking about, right? We are talking about what is love, and um, we are, all right, good. We already got a good one, so that's all right. I guess we don't need it, it's good. I was gonna give you guys a dance party, but you don't need it, you already had one. What is love? Let's just get the band back up here real quick. I'm not joking. 
Plug him back in. Just, that's all we need is just in. What is love, though? You got 30 seconds. That's it, that's it, all right. Good work. Oh, Lordy Lou. So, um, so we're gonna head into tonight a little bit and, uh, and I'm just gonna ask, will you guys pray uh, with me? Um, as we uh, enter into God's word and, uh, and see what it is that he wants to say to you guys tonight through his, his spirit and, and through his very scriptures. Uh, Father God, we just praise you and we thank you, Lord, for who you are, Father, and for how you move. Lord, we thank you so much for a place called Surf City. Father, before it was ever planned, before it was ever invented, before it was ever a thought, Father, you knew uh, what you wanted to do through this. And uh, Lord, that you knew um, that there would be a, a group of high schoolers sitting here uh, on a Tuesday night, Lord, wanting to hear from you. Send your spirit now amongst us, Father. Let it fall like a weight upon us, Lord, tangible, something we know that you are here. We just love you. We praise you. We thank you. Father, we ask all of this in the very precious and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So I want to talk to you guys about Simon also known as Peter. Peter. Simon had his cha name changed by Jesus at one point, right? But he started off as Simon, okay? Simon's life was crazy. Simon was a fisherman, all right? And during that point in time, fishermen were not all that well uh, thought of. They were actually thought of as kind of crazy people because fishermen worked out in the deep water, right? And the deep water is called Sheol, right? Uh, in Hebrew, it's called Sheol. Say Sheol. Sheol means the pit, Okay, and in, in the Hebrew mind, the pit was where, where you didn't want to go. Okay, the pit represented death, destruction, hell, Hades, whatever you want to say. It was all kind of summed up in this thing of like, that's the pit. You don't go there. That's not a good spot, right? And deep water represents the pit, all right? And so for fishermen to go out into the deep water and spend their time fishing and doing all that kind of stuff, they were already looked at as kind of like, kind of like the crazy people, right? And, uh, and there weren't many of them. Here's what's really an interesting thing is that there were not all that many fishermen in Israel during that time, right? But they were, you know, supplying a whole mass of the food that was eaten in certain cities. And so they kind of had an industry. They were doing their thing, but it was hard work. It was hard to make a buck. You know, you had to catch all these fish, and, uh, and they were already kind of not like necessarily outcasts necessarily, but they kind of stayed in their pockets and... And they were just, you know, whatever. And so it's really interesting that a large, you know, percentage of Jesus' disciples are fishermen, right? 
I like to think about that sometimes. And is it because there are people who have already kind of shown that they can brave the pit? Is it because they already understand what it is to be patient? Is it that they understand the picture that God was painting of what it looks to fish for men? I'm not exactly sure. But there comes a time, and I read you the scripture, where Jesus is teaching, and he uses a boat borrowed by Simon, and he heads out just a little ways, and he's actually kind of using that water to um, amplify his voice. It's kind of a cool technique, right? If he's a little bit off the water, he can teach a little bit louder. And, um, and so he's teaching a mass of people, right? And then afterwards, when he's done, it's morning. It's kind of, you know, we don't know when it is, but the sun's coming up. It's getting hotter. It's not a good time to fish in that region whatsoever. You fish at night, right, because you fish with nets, and at night, it's cooler, and the fish will come up to the top of the water, and when it's hotter, they go down to the deep water, right? And so if you're net fishing, you want to go when it's cooler. That's when you can catch your fish, right? And so for Jesus to be like, hey, why don't you go, guys go out and cast your nets? I'm like, Peter knows what's up. He's a fisherman. He's like, well, I mean, we've been doing it all night. It's kind of been crappy. Uh, that's a fish pun. <laughs> there's, a, there's a fish known as a crappy. Um, wouldn't it? All right. Way to hold it down, Fox Chapel. Uh, Hunter knows where I'm at, right? Yeah, Hunter knows. Yeah. So, so uh, it's been a little, it's it's been a little crappy, right? And um, and, and yeah, right now it's funny. And uh, and Jesus is like, no, listen, go. And so they're like, all right, listen, just because you said to go, I mean, you're the teacher. Let's head out. They go and they catch all these fish, so much fish that they're like, we can't even, you know, the other boat comes out and they're both starting to sink. And it's that moment, right, where Jesus says, listen, you know, I think I want you to come with me, but, but Peter's so overwhelmed. He's like, go away from me. I can't even be in your presence. Don't you understand? I am a sinful man. And Jesus says, leave that behind. Come with me. I have things to show you. You and I have work to do. I want you to see something that's so important there. So many people think that they need to clean themselves up before they can go to church. They need to clean themselves up before they can go to Jesus. I've lived my life in, in spaces of that where I've literally felt like I've walked so far from the Father that I, I can't even pray right now. Like, how could I possibly pray in this garbage? How could I possibly bring this to him? And that is such a trap from the enemy. That's where he wants you. He'll continue to grind you down into that. Because notice that Jesus doesn't say, hey, Peter, go, uh, go take a shower. You kind of smell like fish. Uh, go make sure that you get your stuff in order. Hey, dude, I know you've been doing this, that, and the other thing. When you're ready to leave that and be done with it, then find me. I'll be a couple cities over, and maybe I'll think about taking you on. No, Peter says, I'm a sinful man. Nobody knows that better than Jesus. He's God himself. He understands Peter's sin. He understands where Peter is. But he says, follow me. You and I have work to do. We'll worry about the rest as it comes. And so if that's you right now, if that's you sitting in this room, and you're feeling like, listen, I cannot go to God right now. I cannot pray right now. I cannot be a part of these conversations right now. I'm just going to put on a face and smile and wait till it passes, and then I'm going to go tubing again. Guys, that is a lie from the enemy. It's where he wants you. And the longer it takes for you to turn around, the only more pain and struggle and strife you will walk through. It's okay to come to God in your garbage. It's okay to come to God in your mess. It's really the only way out of it. So Peter begins to follow. <clears throat> and Peter becomes not only a disciple man, but he becomes like disciple number one. 
He's the oldest, right? He's probably about 21 years old. All the other disciples were younger than Peter. Okay, John was only probably about 12, 13, 14 years old, somewhere in there. The rest of the disciples kind of fall in that category, okay? And Peter, it's, it's kind of according to tradition, when a rabbi had disciples, there would be one who was kind of like the head student, right? And all the other students would look to him for answers, Right or look to him as an example. And so if we read through scripture, we understand that that is Peter's role. That's what he does. He takes that and he lives into it. Who's the person who gets out of the boat when Jesus comes walking on water towards them? Peter. Who's the first person to proclaim that Jesus Christ is the Messiah? Peter. Who's the one who stands up at the Last Supper and says, I'm ready to go wherever you're going? And I will lay down my life for you, Peter. And who's the first one to deny him? Peter. I want to read you that story. We find it in the book of Luke. Sorry, this thing's messing me up. All right, tech team. Check, 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 check. All right. <clears throat> Jesus is teaching at the Last Supper, and he says this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fall. And when you have turned back, be sure to strengthen your brothers. But Peter replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. I'm ready to go with you wherever you're heading. See, guess what? Things were getting tough for the disciples. Things were getting tough for Jesus. There was all this pressure politically and religiously, and people were lying about Jesus because they were trying to protect what, what kind of power they thought they had. And they are under attack, right? And they are in this, this supper. They're eating together, right? It is Passover. And then Jesus is laying all these things out, teaching them, right, getting ready for his walk to the cross. And Peter says, wherever you're going, man, I'm going with you. It's my job. I'm the top disciple. Wherever you go, I go. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent out you without a purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it. Also a bag, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The time was coming. And Peter, if you read in, in John... Um, John fills out a little bit that we missed there, and, and Peter says, no, what are you talking about, Lord? I would never, ever, ever deny you. I will go to death for you. There's no way I'm gonna deny you. In the Garden of Gethsemane, as Jesus is praying, a large mob shows up, and they grab Jesus, and they take him away. They falsely arrest him, they falsely imprison him, and they start a false trial against him. They get all these people riled up against Jesus. They, they pay people to come in and lie about him, and, and it gets really crazy. 
The disciples look around and everything they've been working towards has been broken. Everything they've been working towards is being shattered. It's being taken away from them. Their very lives are at risk. And Peter finds himself following along behind Jesus. It says this, Then seizing Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man, this man was with him. But Peter denied it. Woman, I, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you, you're also, you're one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Then Jesus turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. What's going on with Peter? Peter was it, man. Peter had been taken just as lowly fisherman, somebody who was bottom of the barrel, and brought up and lifted, and, and Jesus taught him, and Jesus, you know, did amazing miracles in front of him. I mean, Peter was the first to say, listen, you are the very son of God. You're the Messiah that we've been looking for. I mean, Jesus literally looks at Peter and says, Peter, you are so right on that on that truth you have just spoken, my very church will be built. The truth that you have just spoken right now upon that, this church will be built. Peter's got to be feeling pretty good. And then things start to get hard. And all of a sudden, Peter's looking around as, as Jesus' authority is starting to be challenged as Jesus' identity is starting to be challenged, as who Jesus is is starting to be challenged, and, and the movement that they thought they were on is starting to blow up all around them. See, even Peter didn't get it. Peter did not understand the true mission that Jesus was on. I love that song, Build My Life. I love that song, right? And I will build my life upon your love, for it is a firm foundation. See, Scripture teaches that Jesus Christ is both the cornerstone and the capstone. Not only is the very foundation that we are building upon, but he is also what we are building towards. Now, Peter had been building on a foundation, but he had not yet reached the capstone. See, Christ's mission had not yet been complete. And Peter in that had not been uh, you know, fully completed in his mission in Christ either. And because of that, when things got heavy, when it became his life on the line, Peter was afraid. And Peter walked away. Peter denied the Lord three times. Can you just see that picture, man? I mean, they take Jesus, they put him in this, this room of the high priest. There's obviously some big doorways cut there because Peter can see in and see where Jesus is, and there's a fire in the courtyard. 
And as people are gathered around talking about what's going on, it's the middle of the night, this is, this is big news, Jesus has been arrested, and Peter's standing there trying to wrap his head around the whole thing, and all of a sudden he's accused, hey man, you're one of them, right? You should be locked up too. No, 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 no. that's not me, that's not me, that's not me. And again, no, no, you're definitely with him. I saw you, right? You're, you're, you're with him. No, 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 that's, that's, you got somebody else, man, that's not me. No, you're definitely one of them. You got the wrong guy. And as that rooster crows, Jesus makes eye contact with Peter. Could you imagine that moment in Peter's life? He's just denied Jesus. He has just said no to the king. And all of a sudden, he's looking face to face. I can't imagine what that must have been like. But I think Peter's reaction is pretty strong. He steps outside and begins to weep bitterly. It's all over, man. It's over. See, I think Peter had a problem. And it's a problem that I think we struggle with, too. I was reading you out of uh, the chapter of 1 John, chapter 4. And I want to read a little bit further. It says this in verse 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. See, Peter had not yet been made perfect in Christ's love because honestly, Christ's love had not yet been made perfect. Peter was dealing with things that that, that you and I deal with, fear. It manifests differently in all of our lives. And it's a word that I know like a lot of uh, the the more macho of us in here hate. I'm not afraid of nothing, man. I'm not afraid of nothing. I'll, I'll go play paintball without my shirt on. I don't even care. I don't know, Spence has got some welts that'll show differently. He didn't play with his shirt off, but uh, might as well. He got popped. But, uh, you know, we, we like to put on this, this huge machismo kind of thing. Guys and girls do it. But in the end, we have a lot of fears. I know. I've been a high schooler. Fear of rejection. Fear of not being popular. Fear of grades, fear of acceptance, fear of, of, of a relationship, fear of leaving a relationship. See, because all of these things, when they are circling around without the perfection of love, we're only left with fear. And because of that, things crumble and fall apart. See, Peter's life started to crumble and fall apart because he gave in to fear. He didn't trust in Jesus. He didn't trust in his word. He couldn't follow along. And again, Christ had not yet made complete his mission, so we can give Peter some grace, and I want to give all of you a lot of grace as well, because listen, Jesus is still working in you. And for those of you who have not even said yes to him yet, then then there's a lot of work to be done. But it's a great place to start. But all I'm saying is, listen, If we look at Peter as an example, 
Peter wanted so hard to be perfect. He wanted to be the top student. He wanted everybody else to like him. In fact, at one point, they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest one in heaven. And Jesus is like, just shut up, all of you idiots. Like, it's not what this is about. But I know that there's things in your lives that are keeping you from understanding Jesus' love, from fully understanding what Jesus wants to do. I don't know what it is. Again, I don't know what it is. But following along in this theme of it's time to get real, it's time to drop the the charade, it's time to drop some of the things that are keeping you from saying yes, or at the very least keeping you from taking a step. Guys, it's time to start moving past that. This is a great place to do it. So we're going to head into our cabin times, and, uh, and we're supposed to be back here when, Roger? We'll start doing this. We don't tell me. 10.30, all right. So 10.30 means we got an hour. That's actually a lot of time. That's perfect. I love that. Um, so you have an hour where we can go and you can chat and you can break stuff down with your leaders, break stuff down with your, your group. Um, talk about the difference of what fear looks like and what trust in Jesus looks like. And if we truly trust, trust in Jesus, does that drive out fear? Is that able to drive out fear? And if we take the things that we are fearful in, if we take the things that we struggle in and turn them and give them into Jesus's hands, would that transform them? Would that change them? I think the answer is absolutely, but we're gonna have to track along with Peter and kind of see where his story ends up over the next couple of days. So let me pray for you guys. You'll be dismissed. You come back here at 1030. Father God, I love you and I praise you, Lord, for these high school students that you have brought here, that you have plans for. Your plans are good. Father, as we explore this idea of of what exactly love is, Father, as as we paint it against a picture of what it is not, uh, we ask that your Holy Spirit of discernment gives us eyes to see your love, your truth, your grace, your mercy, your salvation, your redemption. We desperately need those things. So, Father, as we um, enter into our time of discussion, I ask for a spirit of honesty amongst us. I ask for a boldness to to get real. And, Father, I ask that um, that everywhere we we step, every question we ask, um, that your spirit of truth guide us in all things. We ask this in Christ's matchless name. Amen. Thanks for listening to audio recorded at Surf City 2018. Surf City is a ministry of the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation. For more information, visit us online at pkfcamps.org or find us on Instagram at pkfcamps.